Welcome to the Building PA Podcast, the voice of the construction industry throughout Pennsylvania, presented by PJ Dick. Here are your co-hosts, Chris Martin and John O'Brien. Hello, and welcome to the Building PA Podcast. I am co-host John O'Brien from the Keystone Contractors Association, coming to you from the Quandol Studio. And I'm joined, as always, by my co-host, partner in crime, man of the hour. It goes on and on. The list goes on and on. It's uh, Chris Martin. Chris, what's going on, brother? Well, John, that is a hell of an introduction. I'll tell you. Thank you. Uh, not too much is going on, uh, other than um, we are uh, really looking forward to having this conversation today because uh, I think our guest has has got. Uh, some amazing in, uh, feedback and input on uh, on the topic at hand. But before we go that route, my name is Chris Martin, and I am with Atlas Marketing, and we tell stories for people who build things, and that includes all the marketing things that come along with it, uh, websites, social media, PR, advertising campaigns, all the fun things to help your business grow. So with that little sales pitch, John, who are we talking to? Who are we talking to? Great question. Yeah. We got uh, Eric Booth himself, the man, the myth, the legend. Yes. known architects. He's uh, gracing us today with his presence, and we're going to talk some wellness, building, and design. So, Eric, welcome to the show. It's awesome to have you. Thanks, guys. Thanks for having me. Yay. 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 <laughs> is it okay if I clap for myself? Sure. That's not pathetic at all, is it? Uh, how's life in Pittsburgh? Uh, not so bad. It was actually pretty nice today, so I uh, can't complain. Good to hear. And you guys are still located in uh, Lawrenceville? Yeah, yeah, uh, Doughboy Square. Uh, if you guys, uh, we, we put an addition on the back. Oh, I didn't know that. Is that, okay. is that yeah. finished? That's finished. Yeah, yeah, it's been finished for, for yeah, I mean, I guess uh, last year or so. Yeah. yeah. Okay. That was the last time I was out there, unfortunately, so I'll have to, have to get back out again and see it. Yeah, yeah it's it's pretty nice. Yeah, if I do see it. myself. Yeah. The last time I was there, and it might have been the only time I'd been there, I was doing a lunch and learn with the Carpenters Union, and at the time I was with the Master Builders Association. And I forget, it might have been a lunch and learn on ICRA or something, some healthcare-related topic, probably yeah. 10 years ago or so. Oh, yeah, it's been a while. Yeah, and it was uh, the session was underway, and we were talking, we were a couple minutes into the presentation, and, and in walks Luke Desmond and a principal owner of the firm, and he's like, raises his hand, kind of gets our attention. I'm like, uh, yes, Mr. Desmone, uh, Desmone, and he goes, would it would it bother you if I sat in? I don't really have plans today for lunch. And I'm like, well, it's, it's your building. You can sit in any seat you want. <laughs> yeah. But his, his leadership and just, it, it, it sprinkled through the whole, you know, organization, the whole firm, just his uh, demeanor, and he's so humble, and I just think it's a, a great staff of uh, professionals you have there. So. Yeah, I think we were probably about, if it was 10 years ago, we were probably only about uh, maybe 18 people at that point. Okay. So now we're, we're about 40 and we have three offices. Three offices? I didn't know yeah. that. Yeah, wow. uh, Morgantown, and uh, we have an office down in uh, Salisbury, Maryland on Eastern Shore. Oh, wow, that's awesome. Growth is in the air, right? Yeah. Well, congrats, and uh, keep up the great work. You must be Thanks. doing something, right? <laughs> yeah. So, uh, for the uh, benefit of our audience, you want to just introduce yourself? You know, who is Eric Booth? Sure. Um, so, I'm a president of uh, Desmond Architects. 
uh, like we were talking about, um, architect by trade. Um, so I've been uh, in the industry about, I guess, about 21 years now. Um, moved up from Maryland about 12 years ago. Um, so, um, yeah, live in uh, Deutschtown um, on the north side in Pittsburgh. Okay. Nice. Not, not a bad place to be. Definitely not. No, no. So we're talking wellness design today. So yep. for, for our listeners who aren't quite as into the architectural design portion of the industry, can you define that a little bit? Yeah, it's just basically the idea that, um, that our buildings and our spaces impact our health. And so if you've got a space that's designed to be a healthier space, then the people that are in it tend to be healthier. And if you've got a space that is, uh, that is not well designed or it's got poor air quality or whatever and it makes it sick, it makes us sick, then it's not a, it does not help us be very well. And so it's got a lot of, uh, got a lot of attention recently because of COVID, obviously. Um, the idea that, uh, that if, the, if you've got a pathogen like COVID that can spread through the air, um, what can buildings do or how can spaces be designed or adjusted to either, um, you know, to stop the spread of that. So that's kind of one aspect of it in terms of the safety thing, but the wellness goes beyond that. Uh, it's the idea, like I said, that um, the spaces we design, that way we design them can actually help us to be healthier than we would be otherwise. Okay. So it pretty much is what it sounds like. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's yeah. pretty basic. This is not rocket science. We're just not. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So is there a uh, certification attached to it or some sort of standards attached to it? Yeah, there is. Um, there's the, the, the Well Building Institute um, has a standard called the Well Building Standard. And so if, uh, if you guys are familiar with LEED, if LEED is how buildings impact the environment, it's a rating system on that then well is a rating system that's based on how buildings impact people. And so it's, um, it's not been around as long as uh, LEED has. Um, it's gained some more traction. And uh, we actually, at Desmond, we're the first uh, well gold certified building in Western Pennsylvania to achieve that certification. So we had to start that process back in 2017. And that's for your own building? Yeah, that's for our, yeah, for our addition. Oh, gotcha. Um, what, what sort of feedback and, and questions do you get when uh, clients and end users are considering wellness? That's usually why in the world would I do this? Um, why would I go through the trouble of doing it? Um, and what, what benefit would it have? And um, so, you know, the answers are essentially if you want to, if you, if you care about your people and if you want your people to be more productive or healthier or work better, then if you do these things, then the idea is that, um, that you'll be creating a better environment for them. And so, you know, we talked about the architecture part of it, which is really important, obviously. But with well, it actually goes beyond that um, because it gets into policies. Like actually, not just the building itself, like not just the space and the walls, but actually how you use the building and how you clean the building, um, and then what happens with inside it. Okay. So, and, um, go ahead, Chris. Uh, you mentioned you know cleaning and what's inside of it. Can you talk a little bit? I mean, again, you know, everybody's on edge or still kind of uh, cautious about COVID. So the, the cleaning aspect is kind of piqued my interest there. What does yeah. that include without going into, you know, without going down a rabbit hole? Yeah, it's, um, it's like a regular daily thing. That's, uh, that's basically um, where we have a checklist of things and a very whole process of doing things properly. 
Um, the idea is that you basically make it cleaner um, and you hit high touch surfaces, any places that can actually you know, be places where germs can kind of uh, fester, uh, you attack those and you do it on a very regular basis. So you know, a lot of the recommendations that the CDC has come out with and then so forth about better ways to kind of clean things, uh, we were even doing that prior to all this. So when COVID hit, we were like, look guys, you know, we've been telling you there's a better way of doing this for a while and so you know, here we are. Just so I'm clear, when you talk cleaning, you're talking about maintenance and operation of the building? Yeah, all those things. So the idea, I mean, you know, some of these things are basic, right? Like you actually have to clean out your, you know, your filters and so forth. But with well, it's a little bit more advanced. And so it may, it's going to be um, a little bit more often, and it's also going to require us to record all that stuff. So like, for example, our, our HVAC system, our mechanical system, we have to actually go up there and uh, record it, you know, I think it's quarterly. We have to, you know, uh, do, you know, do site investigation, make sure things are working properly and actually record that. Um, and also just on a regular basis, we actually have to, we monitor our air quality in the space. And so if the air quality gets below a certain number, we actually require to take action, remedial action, in order to, to basically figure out why it would be doing that, for example. Um, you know, some stuff that would probably good practice otherwise, but, you know, in most operations, people just don't do. Yeah. So the certification then would be ongoing then. Yeah, it, it, we have to, so unlike uh, like LEED where you can kind of get a plaque and, you know, and that's it, with WELL, you actually have to, uh, they, they actually come out and physically measure things. So they came out and, uh, you know, with, with uh, air quality monitors and, uh, and for, you know, checked our light levels, checked our water quality, and we go through a whole um, rigorous kind of check on those things for verification. And then um, it has to be done every three years. So we actually have to maintain all of our records in order to kind of keep our certification. So, you know, in two and a half years, um, we, don't, we haven't done all those things. We won't be able to get our certification again. So it requires kind of like a built-in accountability. Wow. Hmm. How about that, Chris? That is, that's, that actually, no, that's, I mean, you know, it, it's, this might sound, you know, Captain Obvious here today saying, well, this just makes sense in terms of, um, you know, the, the world that we live in. Yep. keeping things clean and those type of things. Uh, but but what, you know, I, like I hire you to design a building for me and you, 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 we go down the well route. We mm -hmm. do all those things. Do you, pro does, does Desmond Architects, do, do you provide that maintenance component or is it like it's on me? I, I'm, I'm just curious how that would work. Yeah. So it's on you to actually do it. But what we would do is that we would help you generate like the actual O&M manuals and then uh, look at the, the best practices in order to do. Like we won't actually come out and physically do it for you. It's, it's, you're still required to do that. We're required to like uh, point someone um, in the company that would actually take care of those things and, and check on them. Okay. All right. Okay. Yeah. Because I, I was thinking that would be like an additional revenue stream for you guys. But it could, it could possibly be it. Yeah. We, we've not looked at it because we were, like I said, we, we, were, we were sort of brand new to the whole thing. We, had, we were learning as we went. Um, so it is something that we can certainly consider. We, we're at the point now where we're, you know, doing it for other people or looking at doing it for other people. We've not gotten to the point where, you know, we're actually kind of physically going out and, and making, you know, checking on them quarterly. Gotcha. Gotcha. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. And, and are there certain, certain uh, sectors of the industry, you know, education, healthcare, whatever, that would be, that's picking up traction in wellness? Because I, I could kind of see educational facilities, especially like private colleges, kind of being. Yeah. Yep, absolutely. I mean, you know, the, the well standard was kind of born out of offices 
and um, they got a pilot program right now for um, for a no multifamily, and I'm not I'm not sure about uh, education, but clearly. Um, anything, any basically any public building at all, or any building really, could really benefit from it. I mean, a lot of the things, um, you know, like for example, the use of UV lights or so forth, um, or uh, UV lights within a mechanical system. I mean, a lot of those things have been sort of looked at in healthcare, have been done in healthcare for a while now. Um, this kind of takes it and sort of, you know, introduces it to other buildings, not just the ones that we know have to be, you know, quote unquote, super clean. Yeah. Okay. And, and obviously, with the certification, you know there there are certain steps that you have to follow through. And, and within the the architectural process or the design process, does this does the well certification add just like one step or multiple steps to the design process? It adds multiple because it has to happen well before. No pun intended, or maybe slightly. Um, it has to happen uh, before the process gets started. Um, because there's a lot of sort of pre-things, there's a lot of planning that has to happen, and then it kind of happens throughout. I mean, it doesn't necessarily have to add any uh, time per se to a process, you know, the overall process, but it adds additional steps and additional things, you know, additional things to do at each step that we would normally be doing as part of the design process. Okay. Interesting. That is. That is. And it's funny because, you know, sitting here listening to you, Eric, it's, it's like, well, why wouldn't you do this? Like this is this is almost like a no-brainer, of you know not only keeping people healthy and safe, um, but also cutting down on transmission of things and doing some all sorts of other things that yep. I would imagine would be just common sense. Yeah, I mean we would. I mean you know it's uh, it depends on what kind of a owner, developer, whatever you are. But if you're looking to do the bare minimum, this is not code required, right? So you know we work on a lot of projects where. People just want to do things that are code required, and that's it. But for anyone who's kind of like looking to do it right, you know, it's certainly a good thing to look into. And it also affects like the construction too. So you know, during construction, making sure that um, that uh, the things are you know not getting into the systems. There's like a flush that's required. Um, you know, uh, construction waste management, those sorts of things. So a lot of that stuff that sort of been we've been doing in lead for a while. There's some overlap there. Yeah. Okay. Okay. And, and you just mentioned contractors. I'm sorry, John. Yeah. My last question. Then I'll be quiet yeah. for a little bit. You just mentioned contractors. Are contractors, uh, you know, do you have like a, a like five contractors that you work with that are that you feel comfortable would follow along in this certification, or is is this something that's like contractors are fighting? I wouldn't say that they're fighting them, but it would be new to most. Um, we have a couple um, that that in we have we have a couple that we would work with. They're probably more adept, especially those that have gone through the lead process. I would say anyone who's gone through the lead process, this would not be, you know, that much of a divergence from that. I mean, there's some different things, but that kind of, uh, you know, the the documentation and those sorts of things. There's a lot of similarities from the contractor's perspective. Got it. Okay. And that, that that was kind of my question was, what's the response from the contractors? And then also. Since since Chris beat me to the punch, <laughs> sorry, sorry. <laughs> no, that's good. No, it had to be asked though. But I, I I was wondering from the MEP standpoint. Yeah. Um. Do you see them being more adaptive? Because I could see this as with the ongoing maintenance and and the routine checks. You know, their service department and their this would be an ongoing client for them. So. Oh yeah, I mean this is. Uh, I mean it's really it's really it makes um the HVAC. I mean HVAC has always been very relevant, right? Uh, but it makes it even more relevant, especially those that actually do it properly. 
Um, so that's from the design perspective, you know, knowing what goes into it, but then also the contractors and then the people who are going to be doing the ongoing maintenance. Um, so, you know, it's not, it's not, like I said, it's not rock science. Um, it's not, you know, really crazy stuff, but it's a little bit more additional than what, what most people are, are used to. So, you know, in terms of service contracts and stuff for mechanical contractors, this would certainly be good for them. Yeah, right hmm. to the yeah. 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 And it, is there a certification for... It would be the same certification, right? It wouldn't be any different for HVAC contractors versus architects, right? Well, the certification goes to the building and the project itself. It doesn't go to the people involved. Okay. You, you, right. become, you can become a you can become a well AP. So if there's like you know lead AP, it's a, a well accredited professional. Um, but no, you don't have to like you don't have to have certification to work on a well project. Okay. Th thank you. Thank you. Yeah. And, and I think you mentioned it earlier, but. Um, who's the organization that, that oversees this certification? It's the uh, International Well Building Institute. Okay. And the, um, the, the website for those who uh, want to learn more is uh, wellcertified.com. Well okay. We'll make sure to get that out there. Are there yeah. Along with, uh, you know, I asked about the market sectors. Are there certain uh, regions around the country that are, that are kind of leading the way in, in, in this uh, building process? Yeah, I mean, certainly most of the major cities um, were probably some of the earlier ones to adopt. Um, uh, I think one of the largest original projects, I think, uh, was, I think it may have been CBRE had done one. I think it may have been their California, one of their California offices. Um, so it was, you know, just like most things, it kind of starts at the larger metropolitan areas and kind of works from there. Um, yeah. Okay. Any, uh, when it comes to Pennsylvania, any... Any public sector using this at all? Um, no, I'm not. I'm not sure about a whole lot of public sector. Um, it's been mostly private, like I said, mostly from from the office. Um, uh, the FIPS actually in town uh, re received a, um, a platinum certification a couple years ago. And they've also done living bu living building challenge and so forth. They're really they've always been sort of the cutting edge of everything. Um, but so far, we know there's a couple other projects um, in, in Pittsburgh that have been looking at doing it, or it may actually may be on their way to doing it, but um, uh, we know we were the first office building. Okay. Any, sort of, any sort of lessons learned from your project and from the FIPS and other projects? Yeah. Um, the, the lessons are largely, it's, uh, it, it takes a lot more, it, it takes a lot more um, consideration of thought from like the human resources perspective and the maintenance and so forth. Um, you know, a lot of times we, we get in the projects and, and, you know, we're designing them, but, you know, you need to have those things. Oftentimes we kind of consider those things on the back end. Like we design the building and we give it over and all of a sudden, okay, now someone has to run it and take care of it, right? Now, in, in this, all those folks and all those things have to be considered before the design so that by the time you get to actually operating it, you know what you're doing. So you're getting more input, more collaboration, and exactly probably a better product, I would think. Oh, absolutely. I mean, it's, it's certainly a much better product. So it just requires a lot more thought up front, um, which is fine. And we as architects like those kinds of things. Um, but um, And also, it's a little better now because when we were doing it a couple years ago, uh, it was a little bit newer to, to the market. And so some of the manufacturers didn't have products um, that, were, that, were, like, that actually had that met some of the requirements. Uh, for example, all the furniture systems we were looking at um, may have qualified, but at the time they had not had their actual um, like actual certifications to show that they met certain requirements. And um, we think since then, since it's become a little bit more popular, there are a little bit more choices, which is good. So we were kind of um, on the leading edge, which made it a little bit more difficult for us. 
And also, none of the cleaning companies that we were working with around here, of course, had any uh, had any kind of experience with it at all. So that was probably one of the biggest educational things was to get them on board because uh, most of the cleaning companies were used to doing their thing. We had to instruct them as to how to do these. Like so, for example, like we we have like a, we like use UV wands as part of our cleaning protocol for certain things. So, um, like anything that's that's new, it seems like there's a lot of education in the process. Like you're talking about with the cleaning companies, uh, is you is your firm and and are you um, providing education to you know maybe future generations, maybe colleges, architectural schools, whatever, and just kind of uh, breaking breaking this down, explaining what it is and how it will affect them in the future. Yeah, um, I've, I've been doing a lot of um, uh, webinars and so forth. In fact, I did this one just this afternoon where I was talking about wellness as a concept. But basically, we use our building as kind of an educational tool. And so um, anyone who wants to come see it, um, we give them a tour and we'll go through and we'll talk about the things because, you know, like what better way of actually, you know, talking about something than to actually show it. So we like to think of our building as an example of, of, of these concepts. So anyone out there who wants a tour of the building for uh, a well gold building, um, shoot me an email or find me on LinkedIn. Yeah. Or, or yeah. maybe, maybe you know people that produce a podcast and maybe they maybe maybe they produce yeah, a podcast from yeah. <laughs> <laughs> What do you think? Do that. I like that, man. I like that a lot. Yeah. The Look. podcast tour. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Look at this. Oh, it's on audio. Uh, <laughs> sorry, I couldn't resist. Um, so. You know, you've you've been in your building now for about a year with the addition and everything. What are some benefits that you're seeing from the wellness design? Uh, the quality of the space, uh, the air quality, the light, um, um, the different types of spaces we've created are are really great. Um, and we we liked our our space in, in the past. If you guys are in there, it's like a big open space and it was cool and you know. Um, but now, um, you know, being able to have all those things. Um, you, when you walk into the space, it's just, it's lighter, it's brighter, um, and it definitely just feels better because all the things were thought of in a little bit better fashion. Okay. Yeah. Where, well, where do you see this going in the future? Uh, to me, I think it's uh, I think eventually it'll you know kind of like how you know when Lee came out a while ago, um, the building codes and energy codes really weren't sort of there yet. And so over time, lead and those concepts of you know, increased energy efficiency and so forth sort of work their way into the building code. I think the same thing's gonna happen here. I think a lot of these concepts, when we realize how, in, how important they are to, to basically human beings and health, are gonna find them their way working into more codes and becoming more the norm as opposed to the fringe. And, and ultimately, that would be, I think that would be a good thing for us all. Absolutely. Yeah. Wow. Well, Very informative. Good stuff. Yeah, this has been great. We've been speaking with Eric Booth of Desmone Architects today, and he's been sharing with us wellness design. And Eric, thank you for joining us today. This has been this has been really, really great information and very informative and, and helpful. And hopefully, we'll uh, you know we'll definitely share the the, the links that you talked about. And uh, we'll, like like John said, maybe we'll get out there and, and give it get a tour. Please do. That would be thank great. Thank you for the education, Eric. Yeah. yeah. Thank you, guys. Yeah. All right. Thank you. Yep. Thank you for joining the Building PA Podcast, presented by PJ Dick. To stay up to date, follow us on LinkedIn and Facebook. 
and visit buildingpapodcast.com to subscribe to upcoming shows. Thanks for listening.